Um, I want you to know this morning that, uh, that I consider this a great honor to even be considered for the position of uh, lead pastor at such a time as this and at this particular season in the life of Glad Tidings Church. And uh, so today is just going to be a little bit, of, uh, little bit different than, than the usual. The board has asked me to share how we got here and to this point and asked me to, to talk about what God has been dripping to me in terms of the direction moving forward. And I hope that you'll be challenged in all of this this morning. And so about nine months ago, Pastor Selwyn and Lori had Smith and myself over at their home. And they pulled us aside and they dropped a bomb on us by letting us know that God is moving them on from glad tidings to serve in missions in Peru. And like most of you, my heart sank. And I was deeply saddened that our best friends were planning on leaving And at the same time, I was excited about what God was doing in them. And I was also proud to be serving alongside of people who practice everything that they preach. And so Pastor Selwyn went on to say to me, hey, listen, Rennie, my recommendation to the board is that you would take uh, the lead position, to which I said, absolutely nothing. (laughs) And which I thought... I sure hope they have a two-family unit in Peru. (laughs) Many of you probably don't know this about me, but I've never wanted the senior pastor position. Uh, For whatever reason, God calls people to glad tidings who don't want the senior pastor position. It was never a position that I've longed for, and especially while having young kids, you know, the, the, the demands of this position are really high on a family who have little kids. And so I worry about my wife being second to the church. And I worry about my kids being second to the demands of this post. And, you know, not only that, if, if you know me and seen me, I, I love my position here. I love I loved serving Pastor Greg, and I loved serving alongside of, of Pastor Selwyn and um, I love being part of the logistics of the church and, and being part of the media team and, and, and all of the behind-the-scenes things that happen. I, I love that role, so, so why would I want to change that? And again, what about my kids? And these aren't things that I voice to anyone except for Smitha. And the more I thought about it, the more I didn't want the lead position. And so Smith and I, we, we began to pray. And those were some of my biggest concerns. And for months, I had been flip-flopping as to, as to what I should do and what God wants us to do. And wouldn't you know it, God would address all of my concerns. And all the while, I felt like God was dripping thoughts and ideas about the future of this church and what he wanted to do here. And uh, so you heard Dr. Ezra talking about the busyness of the transition moving from 158 over here to 18 Spear Street. And, and uh, with all of this, Smith and I decided that we needed to get away and spend some time praying. And, and we needed to really hear from God about what our own next steps were going to be. And so after Easter, we took this trip up to New Hampshire And this is what we heard. Stop it. It's mine. No, it's not. Dad, mom, 
Dada, Dada, yes, Lucas, hello, hello, hi, hello. Praying with a screaming baby and our two fighting girls was impossible to hear from the Lord. But Smith and I had finally had a chance to talk about this next step. And we began to make a list, and we made a list of pros, and we made a list of cons. And on the way home, we were talking, and we realized something. It really doesn't matter. Now, we need help with the board in dealing with the cons. But by the end of our time, we set out to make ourselves available to whatever God wanted us to do with us, including allowing the process to determine his ultimate will for the next phase in our lives. But you know, if you're like me, I wanted to know for sure that this is what God was calling us to. And so Smith and I, we, we put out a fleece, and we didn't talk to anyone about this. It wasn't anything difficult, nothing fancy. And here's what they were. We weren't going to go through an interim period. But we needed this to go straight to a vote based on our history here. We said that we weren't going to go after this position, but the position would have to come to us. And we weren't going to submit a resume, but we were just hoping that after a time of fasting and prayer by the board, we wanted to know that the board heard from God and we would wait for the board to make an invitation to have my name stand. And sure enough, God answered those prayers. The board fasted and they prayed. And they told us because of our history here, they're looking to move on a vote rather than going through an interim period. And they began to open up dialogue and discussion. And we just had an interview this week with the board. And in terms of our concerns with our kids, God has helped us resolve that in our hearts as well. Smither will tell you herself that she feels as though God has told her that he would take care of them. And, uh, you know, after Pastor Selwyn announced to the church about his plans, that evening we told our kids what was happening. And I asked Allie how she felt about Pastor Selwyn and Lori and Michael leaving. And she said, Dad, this is really, really sad. We better start planning now for a great farewell party for them. And I told her, and I said, the board is talking to Dada about becoming the lead pastor. How do you, how do you feel about that? And she, she took a second, and she thought about it, and she said, Dad, I, I think it's really exciting. And uh, you got to understand Zoe, um, who we've been worried about for a while. Zoe... She, she cries when I, when I have to leave to go to board meetings. And when I have to go to a board meeting, she'll say, Dad, I just want to come with you. And I'll tell her, no. And she'll say, why? And I'll tell her, I'm going to a board meeting. You're going to be bored. <laughs> and she'll cry. And I have to sneak out of the house. But the day after we told the kids, Zoe had no clue what was going on. And she gave me a card. And she said, dear Dada, don't worry. You'll be a great lead pastor. You know, God speaks through your kids sometimes. 
Sometimes. I wonder who they're speaking for some other times. Moses, he's in the desert, and he's tending sheep. And it's in the regular, mundane part of his life where he goes and he sees this this bush that's on fire, but it's not being consumed. And this is what it says in Exodus 3, 4. It says, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look at it, God called to him, and he says, Moses, Moses. Moses says, here I am. God says, take off your sandals for the place that you're standing is holy ground. God, he specifically calls Moses by name, which means he knows who he is, and he knows his past, and he knows where he's been, and he knows what's what Moses has done, and in spite of all of that, God wants to use him. I want to tell you this morning that God knows my name, and he knows your name, and he knows your past, and he knows what you've done. He knows where you've been, and in spite of all of that, God doesn't just want to use me in this process. He's looking to use you as well. Now, over these last few months, I've been hoping and and waiting to hear this audible voice from God saying, you know, this is exactly what you must do because this is how God talks for some reason. I don't know. (laughs) But I love how God has been confirming things about this step because he has been using you. Before some of you knew that Pastor Selwyn was leaving, some of you had shared dreams with me. Now, I knew what was going on, and I didn't tell you, but you shared dreams with me about this next phase that brought confirmation to me. Some of you had visions in your prayer time that you shared with me that brought some confirmation to me. Some of you, you offered your help, and you told me that you're all in with whatever happens next in the church, and you may not have realized that this is one of my apprehensions right now. How on earth are we going to get this done? But I believe that God has already begun to show me the people that He wants to use. You know, I was driving by the old uh, Brazilian steakhouse, and they've torn it down, and they're building this new building. And I was watching what they were doing. Right? They had many pillars that they were installing, and it was all of these pillars were needed to support the weight of the floor that was about to come on top of it. See, if they didn't have enough pillars, the the few pillars that stood wouldn't be able to support the weight of the floor, and the whole building would collapse. And you know, I thought this is exactly where Glad Tidings is right now. You know, we have these pillars at this church that they look like staff and they look like deacons and they look like ministry team leaders, but we don't have enough pillars for what God wants to do in this place. And there are new pillars that need to come in the form of new staff. 
and new pillars that need to come in the form of elders and, and new leaders who are going to form uh, ministries that we haven't even thought of yet. And God has led some of you recently to come and to talk to me, to tell me that you're all in. And I want you to know that I believe that God is raising you up to be one of these pillars. What I feel God's saying to the church kind of reminds me of that building. You can tell how tall a building is going to be based on the depth of the foundation, right? You ever go to a construction site next, look at how far they dig, and you know that it might be a skyscraper. Last week, I began to tell you that I believe God is calling us to a deeper place of intimacy with him. See, God waited until Moses stopped what he was doing, and he took the opportunity to come near, and, and that's when God decides to have this conversation with Moses. And if we would just take some time out of our busy and ordinary and mundane lives and stop what we're doing to seek him, God would take the opportunity to have a conversation with us. And when we seek him, his promise is that we would find him. And he would explain his plans and his purposes for our lives. And he would reassure us of his power and his might. And he would remind us of his presence going out with us. And he would lead us and he would guide us and he will direct us. I mean, what would happen if we were a people who unashamedly sought the presence of God? Not to get something from him, but just to know him. What if the attraction to GTC uh, wasn't the music or the teaching or, or the great friendships that exist here, but, but what if the attraction was simply the power of the Holy Spirit? When, uh, when Moses responds to God, God begins to have this conversation with Moses, and God tells him he's seen the oppression of his people, and he is ready to deliver them out of Egypt. And Moses is in front of this burning bush, and God tells Moses, I am sending you to Pharaoh to lead my people out of Egypt, so Go. And here Moses protests and he says, who am I to do this job? Right? Sounds like me. And this morning some of you had had some burning bush experiences where you feel like God is calling you to something. And you feel like God is calling you to do something. And, and maybe you've been making excuses. God, I'm too young. God, I'm, I'm too old. God, don't you remember my past? Don't you remember the things that I did? Don't you remember the problems that I caused? God, I can't do this. I don't have the resources. God, I can't do this. I'm not a good speaker. God, I can't do this. I don't have the ability. A few months ago, I was, I was praying, and, um, and I wasn't praying. I was complaining to God. And I said, God, I can't do this. How am I going to preach every single week? And I looked over at my nightstand, and there was my Bible. And I had one of these big, fat Bibles that looked like a phone book. 
And I thought, man, there are 66 books in that Bible. And if we talked about one book a week, which is impossible, that's, that's like a year and a half worth of messages. And if we talked about a book a month, that's like five and a half years of messages and I began to think, I was like, man, we have a lot of believers, new believers in our church who, who, man, you just, you love God, but who don't know how to use the Bible. And maybe you don't have this real biblical foundation that you're building your lives on. And all of a sudden, I've been at peace with this apprehension. And then just a few weeks ago, there was a word that came in our service, services by someone who has no clue what I was struggling with. And the word said, you will have a love for preaching and the people will know the word and will love the word and the word will be preached in this place. And so I believe that God is calling us to be a people who would seek God with all of our heart and all of our soul and with all of our mind and with all of our strength. And God is calling us to be a people who know the word, who know what we believe and know why we believe it. And this would be a place where people truly lived what we believed. So I believe that God is calling us to focus on discipleship and become more Christ-like. The last thing that I believe God has been showing me in terms of the future for glad tidings is this need for outreach. You know, when Moses responds to God, God begins to have this conversation with Moses, and God tells him that he has seen the oppression of his people, and he is ready to deliver them out of Egypt. And I want to tell you that God has seen the oppression of his people, and he is ready to deliver them out in the South Shore. Can you imagine if Moses decided, that's really great, God, but I'm just going to go back to my sheep. I'm not going. There would have been millions of people stuck in Egypt. There would have been millions of people dying in slavery. There would have been millions of people who would never experience freedom. You know, as a church, we, we moved to 18 Spear Street because our previous building wasn't conducive for growth. We lacked parking. We lacked adequate kids' spaces. We... There was, a, there was this joke amongst the building committee that said, we can't even have a healing service because we're not handicap accessible. We lacked proper fellowship areas and on and on and on. And so we prayed and God has brought us here. And I want to remind you that we came here to grow. We prayed and God opened this door and we are primed and ready for growth. And God has been dripping things in some other people saying, there are ministries that need to be birthed here. There are people who need to be reached here. Families that need to be reconciled here. And those in captivity need to be set free. Outreach needs to happen here. And this needs to be our focus moving forward. You know, if you ask me about the vision of the church, nothing changes. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind and all of your strength. 
and love your neighbor as yourself. You know, we've done a great job talking about loving God, and we continue to grow in that. And Pastor Selwyn and Lori have taught us how to serve, and we continue to grow in that. And the thing that we haven't focused enough on is this leading part. And I believe the next phase of this, of the church, needs to focus on seeking intimacy with God. That's the whole loving God part of our vision and mission and we need to focus on discipleship, and, and we need to focus on outreach. That's the serving and leading part of the vision that God has already given this place. And so I want to tell you, this is an exciting time to be at Glad Tidings Church because God is doing something new, and he's taking us through a new season. He's, he's about to do something fresh. He's going to do something incredibly exciting. Now, if you ask me how we're going to get there, I have no clue. But all I know is that together, we can do far more than what one person can do alone. And so we're going to slow everything down. And we're going to start waiting on the Lord. And we're going to start praying and seeking intimacy with him. And we're going to start brainstorming together. We're going to come up with some strategies together on seeking the Lord. And we're going to come up with some strategies on how to keep ourselves accountable to discipleship and growth in becoming like Christ. And we're going to come up with some strategies together on how to reach the lost in the South Shore and what I'm excited the most about is the chance to pour into some people, the opportunity to walk alongside some people who have these ministry ideas bursting out of them. And I'm excited about the opportunity to foster God's call in your life. And we're going to try some new things, and we're going to do some things a little bit differently because everything is worth trying when it comes to reaching lost people. And it's going to be messy. And in the midst of all of that, we are going to grow in our walk with the Lord. And we are going to grow together as a church. And lost people will be found. And God will be glorified. The journey for me up to this point has been this emotional roller coaster. But I am at peace because I know that God is in control. So I've told you the story of my journey up to this point, but what about yours? I mean, what is God calling you to do? If you call GT your home, then I believe that God has a role for you to play in the story of Glad Tidings Church. This morning, are you willing to take off your sandals? And recognize his holiness and follow him. I mean, what areas in your life do you need to remove because it's keeping you from holiness? What things need to change in your life because it's a distraction from his presence? What needs to be removed from your life so that you can hear God's voice? How do you position yourself to hear from him? If you really want to hear what he has to say to you, 
then I encourage you to make some time at the burning bush. Create some opportunities for yourself to have meaningful conversation with God. And if you can do that, surely the Lord will lead you and surely the Lord will guide you and the Lord will direct you and he will remind you that he is with you and he will help you free those who are trapped in slavery. Let's stand together this morning.